Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. When a Romulan defector arrives in the neutral zone, Picard and the Enterprise offer him asylum. But when his intel on the Romulan military proves to be inaccurate, Picard smells a trap. From January 1st, 1990. Happy New Year, Dan. Happy New Year, Cam. It's season three, episode 10, The Defector, or Tomalak Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm Cam. That's Dan. And do you ever wonder what else Picard smells? What does this quarter smell like? Is it mahogany and old books? Is it the smell of cigars? Is it Ma's spiked tea? I think it smells like nitrate-rich soil for growing grapes. And... Your mom. No. The new, new globe theater. <laughs> the new, new. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They actually just call it the Nunu now. <laughs> the Nunu. <laughs> oh my god, I'm playing the Nunu? <laughs> One night only. <laughs> but speaking of the Globe Theater, Cameron. Yes. Ugh, <laughs> oh, Daniel. I guess, was that my cue to do the thing? Yeah, because it starts <laughs> with Shakespeare. Got it. I it know. Perfectly. I, you can cut it out. It's fine. I didn't know if you wanted to riff more on Shakespeare. I mean, who doesn't want to riff more on Shakespeare? Hey, we're all in lockdown right now. Shakespeare wrote King Lear. Fuck you, everyone <laughs> who knows I'm a writer. Don't put that kind of pressure on me. <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. And ever shall, with true observance, seek to eke out that wherein toward me and my homely stars have falled to equal my great fortune. What was that? Like some kind of poetry? That would be All's Well That Ends Well. Nah, I don't believe you. <laughs> and Helena, because I love Helena. <laughs> Here's the thing. On Stardate 434-62.5, we begin in a camp with Data exploring the hum condi human condition through acting Henry V. Picard is giving Data some constructive criticism when he is notified by Commander Riker that a Romulan scout vessel is being pursued in the neutral zone. Are they just hanging out by the neutral zone? It seems like it. It mm -hmm. seems like they're just seems like they're just assigned there. And it's a long fucking way from home. It really is. According to maps I'll, that are not I'll, I'll canonical. Take, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> anyway, the scout vessel is under attack by a Romulan warbird and they are approaching Federation space. The Enterprise moves to intercept the, sh intercept the ship, causing the Warbird to cloak and return to Romulan space. The occupant of the ship is brought aboard the Enterprise and claims he is a sub-lieutenant named Satal, an insignificant logistics clerk seeking to defect to the Federation after coming across information about a secret Romulan installation on the planet Nelvana III, within the neutral zone, that could sustain a large Romulan fleet. Picard and his crew remain skeptical of the man's claims when he refuses to provide them with any more evidence, and Picard orders an investigation 
of Setal's reliability when the Federation relays the Enterprise that the Romulans are seeking Setal's return. When Setal's ship auto-destructs, the crew is forced to review the records of Setal's arrival and believe that the Romulans arranged Setal as a part of an elaborate hoax. Picard refuses to enter the neutral zone on the baseless claim. Setal confides to Data that his defection came at a heavy price, that he will never be able to see Romulus or his family again. Data attempts to alleviate Satal's feelings by taking him to a holodeck and representing Romulus. Satal dismisses the hologram and reveals that he is actually Admiral Jarak, a high-ranking officer who previously had led vicious campaigns against several Federation outposts near the neutral zone. Jarak again beseeches Picard to investigate Nelvana III, but Picard refuses and demands either Jarak provide full information or he will be damned as a traitor. Jarak gives in to Picard's request and gives detailed tactical information to Picard. Picard orders the Enterprise to Nelvana III. When they arrive, the crew finds the planet completely barren, with no evidence of any installation. To Jarek's surprise, unexpectedly, two Romulan warbirds to cloak and fire upon the Enterprise. Picard realizes that Jarek was used as a pawn by the Romulans, feeding him disinformation to lure the Federation into the neutral zone and at the same time disgrace Jarek. In response to Romulan commander Tomalak's demand as seen before, for the Enterprise's surrender. Picard reveals that he is prepared for this contingency. At his command, three birds of prey sent by the Klingon Empire at Picard's request, as relayed by Worf, to cloak and surround the warbirds, rendering a situation stalemate. The Romulans cloak and retreat, allowing the Enterprise to leave. After the Enterprise has left the neutral zone, the crew finds that Jarak has committed suicide, leaving behind a note for his family. While Data notes that relations with the Empire make delivery of the letter impossible, Picard states that as long as there are Romulans with Admiral Jarak's courage and conviction, it may one day be possible to deliver Jarak's letter home. And so, ends the defector. Now you don't have to say anything, but considering Star Trek Picard... I kind of hope they remember this episode and he still has the letter, but I'm not holding my breath. He had bigger things to worry about. Oh, wow. Way to just dismiss this. So this episode doesn't matter. Great. Cool. That was a quick one, guys. It does matter. (laughs) It all matters. So, Dan. So, Cam. Before we start, and before I want to hear everything that you loved about this episode, because I imagine the love is vast, I want to know what's your favorite Shakespearean play. Oh. Man, I really, I was, I was prepared for questions about Ronald D. Moore. Um, <laughs> not, not about this, because I got, I spent a lot of time thinking about my buddy Ron. Um, my favorite Shakespearean play probably Macbeth. I mean, same. I'm glad you're editing this episode. (laughs) For that long pause? I'd have to believe it. (laughs) Oh my god, you totally would, wouldn't you? I would. Uh. You bet your ass I would. But no, the Scottish play is also my favorite. Although... I also really love Hamlet. I mean, I am Hamlet, so... <laughs> you are. It's like a total Hamlet. Like Hate my uncles, every last one of them. Super <laughs> shitty. Real creepy towards my mom. <laughs> I always, I always, you know... 
Did you fuck around with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Always talking to skulls. <laughs> have a very strong sense of smell. <laughs> talking to skulls. Skull fucking. You know, it's all the same. Alas, poor Yorick. <laughs> I was just curious. I realized we had never discussed that. And since oh, I mean, Shakespeare. I, I also really like Henry IV. Um, That's fair. Henry IV Part One. I'm a big fan of Hotspur. I think he's an interesting character. He is. <laughs> but I hate Falstaff. <laughs> That's fair. Lots of people do. Anyways. I also, did you notice Peace Do's uh, Playing secret undercover? Characters? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first thing that I loved. Well, don't stop there, Cameron. What else did you love? I thought it was a fascinating setup, and <laughs> I love that Captain Picard is his drama coach. I loved, I loved the Shakespeare. I love the continuation with Tomalock. Even though the the chemistry between he and Picard is weird, I kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's very strange, but in an in an enticing way. Um, I loved the dialogue by our dear Ronald D. Moore, who goes on to do big things. And oh, I I know. <laughs> do you? The only bigger Battlestar Galactica fan than me is Dwight Schrute. <laughs> and I am aware that he went on to do Deep Space Nine, which is part of why I'm very excited about Deep Space Nine. You should be. And only a couple episodes of Voyager, because he didn't like Voyager. <laughs> Yeah, it was a hell of a thing. Um, you'll see. Um, and I also just really loved, this is the first example that we have of the Federation Klingon Alliance being used. Yeah. I mean, they've been, they've been friendly, but like this is straight up. Call up your boys. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Worf, can you handle this? <laughs> I have them on speed dial. It was lovely. And, you know, I just, I, I'm like you. I also en always enjoy a Romulan episode. I think I might be a Romulan for Halloween this year. That's racist. You can't be a Romulan. It's their sure culture, not a costume, Cameron. It is fictional, Dan, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so easy because of their stupid fucking outfits. I hate <laughs> Romulan outfits. They better be better in Picard. I'm going to make one and send it to you. <laughs> if you make me a quilted shirt, I will wear it and be very warm, but still. With the giant shoulder pads. <laughs> Made out of a space blanket for some reason? I don't fucking yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll be a cool undercover Romulan. Mm. Anyway, we are here in the year of your birth, and I just, I would really love to hear what you loved about it, Dan. I loved that I am like a two-month-old fetus at this point, um, <laughs> which is great. Hashtag Thanksgiving life. Um, ain't too full to fuck. <laughs> I'm so proud and please, so disappointed in myself. Can we please make that trend on Twitter this Thanksgiving? <laughs> ain't too full to fuck. <laughs> Actually, we should start what's called Fuck Day, where you discover the day that you're conceived and celebrate that too. <laughs> yeah, you just you like you have to you're required to give your dad a high five and give your mom a glass of wine. <laughs> well, I can't because my dad's dead. But hey, 
I mean, you could give him a high five. No, I can't. He was cremated. Is he in an urn, or did you spread the ashes? Oh, they're spread. They're long oh. spread. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. I mean, you could go for, like, a Pocahontas kind of thing and get the wind to, I don't know. Yeah, that's a challenge. He hated the wind. Yeah, who did, well, Wyoming's a real <laughs> shitty place to be if you hate the wind. Did I not tell you how much he hated the wind? No. <laughs> my, my favorite horrifying memory is, I mean, he was always turning and just flipping the wind a fucking bird, usually with that much emphasis and drama. But there was one time, and I don't remember entirely what prefaced it, but the man <laughs> fell to his knees before <laughs> flipping both birds to the wind and saying, fuck you, wind. Fuck you. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I get my dramatic streak from both sides. <laughs> one thought it was recessive. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I loved the whole exploration of Romulan culture. This, you can tell this is from a fan. You know, Ronald Moore had moved out to LA with a friend. He was months away. He was, he was weeks away from joining the Navy when he got his job on Star Trek, the next I generation. Know. And you can tell this is a fan in the best way possible. Like this is- You really can. He, he liked the Romulans and he wanted to write a Romulan story and he did it and he did it well. And he like, it's, it's using the canon to tell interesting stories, which I appreciate folding Me in the Klingons, too. having to take place in the neutral zone, a real eminent threat, focusing on the military stuff. You can see the seeds of Battlestar Galactica in here where he's interested in politics. He's interested in humanity. Like having it end with his suicide? With a letter for a wife and daughter he was never going to see again? What the fuck? <laughs> that is next level, next gen. Like, that was so good. I was, was trying to zone out on this episode because I'm tired. I've had a long and stressful week, and it's Tuesday. But I <laughs> could not look away because it was so good. It's exceptional. Mm-hmm. Excellent writing, great acting, the Shakespearean bit coming in again with the major themes about just causes and unjust causes and what it's worth risking everything for. Um, yeah, this was this was our, uh, the first episode where I was like, ooh, hot damn, it's using its own universe really well. And I have a feeling that's going to happen more and more with the Borg and with Q and just like as this show has discovered itself and made use of its own canon there's going to be more and more opportunities for this kind of quality storytelling that you only get when you're doing long form serialized storytelling where you can circle back to things and dig deeper and explore nitty gritty interesting details mm -hmm. yeah the acting was good the Shakespeare stuff didn't bother me um and picard showed excellent judgment as a leader being cautious vetting things thoroughly holding him accountable and the fact that the romulans would 
would deliberately give him false information for months to test him illustrates their deviousness and how solely and specifically dedicated most of them are to the cause, which is something Absolutely. that I don't think has ever been properly conveyed before. It just seems like shitty generals, but that showed like a institutional and cultural level of dedication and brainwashing that I don't think had been fully illustrated until this point. It had not. From start to finish, this is one of the best episodes of The Next Generation we've seen so far. It's, it's very good television. I concur. It's It was just lovely. There were so many tiny details that I adored. The Raman Scout ship was new, and it was so pretty. And, I mean, just even... Even the, you know, the new animation of the Enterprise flying and of the Romulan warbird flying and cloaking. And it was just, it was so lovely. Well, it's a, it's a new animation because it's a new model, right? Yes. Yes, it is. This is the four-foot model, Dan. Six is too unwieldy. And Riker's like, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I never tire of penis jokes. Never! Yeah, this is the four-foot model. And if you'd like, I can tell you how to tell them apart in the future. Ooh, do. Mostly the four-foot model has more space at the rim where 10 forward is supposed to be. So the first model is very narrow there. I mean, it's still plausible, but like the second one has enough space you can actually see that That there are two decks there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that there's a bar directly below the main deck. It's like, <laughs> oh man, we can really see all the shit that's going down. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to put there? <laughs> right? I'm just imagining in the middle of combat, there's somebody down there like trying to comically hold on to a tray of drinks. <laughs> I hope that's Maybe the case. Maybe go to yellow alert next time. <laughs> but it wasn't all excellently written television was it cameron i mean (laughs) it's pretty good yeah it was pretty good what did you hate this is the first romulan with this skin tone that we have seen most of the time they've been a little bit greener i didn't like it it felt a little blackfacey and it was just it looked a little like the president Ugh, yeah, it did look a little like the president. It just, it, I don't know why they made that choice. Because the rest of the Romulans don't look like that. And I mean, it's nice that they're trying to illustrate different ethnicities within Romulus. That's cool. But like, don't do that. Don't do what's happening right here. I forgot to mention I like the new Admiral's uniforms. They're, these ones actually look sane <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> Without the integrated turtleneck. <laughs> Yeah, not that the integrated turtleneck isn't fun. And not that the super patchy one that, you know, Lip Licky McGee in season one was wearing, but... um... (laughs) I'm old, I have to lick my lips. (laughs) There really wasn't much that I hated in this episode. I, um, I found the whole thing fairly fascinating. I... If you didn't hate anything, you didn't hate anything, and that's okay. You don't have to reach for it. You don't have to... Because I promise you, Cameron, you're not hating this episode will not diminish the fiery passion with which I detest and despise all Romulan garb. (laughs) There are few things that I would consider crimes against fashion, but reflective blankets made into quilted shirts is wrong 
I will go on record and say that the Romulan outfits are not just bad. They're wrong. They are categorically awful. Uh, and how so, do you save an oversized shirt, Cameron? You can belt it, but why would you belt <laughs> it around the waist when you could do a V-strap around yourself that comes back down and attaches to your pants? <laughs> They're not suspenders. They're not doing anything. They're it's just a weird, S&M. it's a weird harness, but not in a sexy way. Just like <laughs> he somehow escaped from a car seat. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Okay, well, I you brought it up, so I have to ask, what are your other crimes against fashion? You ready for this? Yes, I am. Camouflage when you're not hunting or in military uniform. Crime Agreed. against fashion. Cargo pants. Just get a bag. You don't need them. <laughs> I mean, I'm guilty of that one. Who, back wants, when they were who cool. wants shit banging around by their knees and thighs? It's like, guys, just own it. Get a satchel. Get a backpack. Whatever. There is zero reason. You must have missed the Jenko phase. No, no, no. I'm not saying I have not committed these crimes. <laughs> okay. I had right, fair khaki enough. cargo pants. I had camouflage cargo shorts when I was 13 years old. But you know what else I did when I was 13 years old? Chronically masturbated. And I've stopped doing one of those things. <laughs> I was going to... Oh, you cut me off. <laughs> Other crimes against fashion. Um, I'm sorry, but you, I, I don't, I don't care for people doing a black belt with brown shoes. I knew that one. You've black been very belt, vocal about shoes, that one. Our brown entire belt, friendship. Brown shoes. It's not. That's not hard. You can never trust a man who ties an asymmetrical tie. Full Windsor or get the fuck out. Period. <laughs> Half Windsor and don't even get me started on overhand. That's not even a knot, Cameron. That's a mistake. I do a half Windsor. I know you do, and I don't bring it up for the sake of our friendship. <laughs> I can do a full Windsor. Hats on 95% of men. Not caps, not a ball cap, a baseball cap, but hats, 95% of men should not wear them. Cameron, you are lucky. You are in the 5%. You can pull Yay. it off. <laughs> with Thank you. most outfits. But when you add spats, it's just too much, man. <laughs> When have I added spats? And finally, <laughs> as cute as they are, rompers are more trouble than they're worth. Are you talking about my romper or your wife's romper? All rompers. Rompers are rompers are what happens when somebody's mom was making them an outfit that was supposed to match and they accidentally sewed it together and then tried to make it into a thing. <laughs> That's what happened. Somebody's mom was making them an outfit and did an uh-oh and it became a trend. It's a fascinating theory. Well, that's one of my favorite di- diatribes we've ever been on. Um, what did you hate, Dan, besides besides the outfits? Was that it? Um, I don't like the Romulan skin tone inconsistency just because it seems weird. It's like the next logical step from green, I don't think is orange, but you know, whatever. It's just a strange makeup choice. Um, and it didn't read as orange. It didn't yeah, read as orange it, it in read, any way. It read a little brown facey, just a little bit. Um, and I know that we have Vulcans of different ethnicities, 
that mirror ethnicities we have on Earth. And I, I think it's wonderful. I just think it, it was strange to have a white actor that darkened. It it was. Maybe just it was cast very strange. somebody who's not white. But this episode is 30 years old. I know. Mm-hmm. I know, pal. <laughs> Just like you. Not yet, you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> moving right along. Um, yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed most of it. I just think that Romulan character design and fashion has a long way to go to catch up with their ship design. Yeah, you were correct. You want to quote this fucker? Yes, let's. Let's cut everything we've just talked about and quote this fucker. <laughs> What shall it be, Tomalak? You will still not survive our assault. And you will not survive ours. Shall we die together? <laughs> Bamf. A letter to his wife and daughter. Sir, he must have known it would be impossible for us to deliver it. Today, perhaps. But if there are others with the courage of Admiral Jarok, we may hope to see a day of peace when we can take his letter home in season two of Picard. <laughs> it, ha- it happened off screen. You know what? If they, if they can't, it's a Ronald D. Moore episode. If they can't give him the courtesy of paying that off, then what the fuck? <laughs> On what basis, Admiral, am I to decide? Hmm? Your good word? Are you willing to help us overpower the Romulan B-type warbirds we may encounter? Are you prepared to help us detect them through their cloaking shields? Well, you see my problem, Admiral. You ask us for faith in circumstances which are hardly possible to believe, compounded by lies and your refusal to tell us what you know. I cannot betray my people. You already betrayed your people, Admiral. You've made your choice, sir. You're a traitor. Now, if the bitter taste of that is unpleasant to you, I am truly sorry, but I will not risk my crew because you think you can dance on the edge of the neutral zone. You've crossed over, Admiral. You make yourself comfortable with that. One world's butcher is another world's hero. Perhaps I am neither one. Do you have any children, Captain Picard? A family? No. Hmm. Then you have sacrificed too much for your career. Yes, this is all very interesting. There comes a time in a man's life that you cannot know. When he looks down at the first smile of his baby girl and realizes he must change the world for her. For all children. It is for her that I am here. Not to destroy the Romulan Empire, but to save it. For months, I've tried desperately to persuade the High Command that another war would destroy the Empire. They got tired of my arguments. Finally, I was censured, sent off to command some distant sector. This was my only recourse. I will never see my child smile again. She will grow up believing that her father is a traitor, but she will grow up. If you act, Picard, if we stop this war before it begins. Yes. (laughs) How do you allow a Klingon Pacht to walk around in Starfleet uniforms? 
You are lucky this is not a Klingon ship. We know how to deal with spies. Remove this Totsa from my sight. Your knowledge of Klingon curses is impressive. But as a Romulan might say, only a Verul would use such language in public. Huh? Whop, 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 huh? whop, whop, whop. <laughs> God, I'm attractive. <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> I am told by various crew members that this viewpoint is their favorite of the ship. I thought it would bring me some comfort, but these are not my stars. Even the heavens are denied me here. Oh, that's God, such a good what a line. line. Lieutenant Worf, I like him. To be more accurate, I understand him. A warrior, proud, fearless, living only for combat. Exactly the type that will get us all killed if we're not careful. There is much to be done. We have less than 48 hours to prevent a war. Or perhaps, to start one. You're the android. I know a host of Romulan cyberneticists that would love to be this close to you. I do not find that concept particularly appealing. Nor should you. Now, if these men do not die well, it will be a black matter for the king who led them to it. Oh, what a fool I've been. To come looking for courage in a lair of cowards. So good. I did it for nothing. My home, my family, for nothing. This, this is my home now, my future. I have sacrificed everything. It must not be in vain. Arrange a meeting between myself and Captain Picard. Tell him Admiral Jarok wants to see him. You know, Data, my gut tells me we ought to be listening to what this guy's trying to tell us. Your gut? It's just a, a feeling, you know, an instinct. Intuition. But those qualities would interfere with rational judgment, would they not? <laughs> You're right. They, so they sometimes do. Then why not rely strictly on the facts? Because you just can't rely on the plain and simple facts. Sometimes they lie. I don't like it. I would have expected a greeting party. You echo another noteworthy commander in similar circumstances, number one. A countryman of yours. George Armstrong Custer, when his 7th Cavalry arrived at the Little Bighorn. <laughs> May we have better luck. <laughs> that was the other thing I hated. I fucking hated that reference. I'm like, oh, you're really gonna bring up Custer? That fucking war criminal piece of shit? Okay. Yep. All right, here it was we go. Still, it was still cool to do so in the 90s, but God, what an asshole. I know. Ugh. The worst. The worst. I take you have never seen a Romulan before. That would be an inaccurate assumption. Then why do you invade my privacy? I was attempting to ascertain what my guts tell me about you. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron, Daniel, Cameron, Cameron, Daniel, Cameron, Cameron, Daniel, Cameron, 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 Cameron. Daniel. Mm-hmm. Talk to me, Dan. I really, really liked this one. Me too. How many upsettingly quilted Romulan shirts would you give this episode? 
I'm giving it four and three quarters. I'm giving it four and a half. Uh, is that the highest you've given? Mm. I give and I give. I think it is. Probably. I think it is. Well, I loved everything. I had a great time. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. I had a really good time with this one. Like a lot. Ooh, Ronald D. Moore also wrote First Contact and Generations with his screenwriting partner. Yep. That's cool. Man, from it is. about to move away. And he got to write the finale, the first part of the finale. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ugh. Oh God, Daniel. <laughs> Am I gonna cry? God, I hope I cry. I. You might. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. The bonding was his spec script. Anyways, we've loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. We sure have. That just leaves one last thing for us to do. And that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. And for Dan to say, keep on trekking. I also, I'm sorry, uh, Clark just texted me, music note emoji, Daniel the furlough boy, got no paycheck, four new toys. <laughs> Music emoji, Daniel the furlough boy, he's broken, he's broken, he's broken. And I texted him back, what the fuck song is this supposed to be a parody of? He goes, Taylor the latte boy. I knew it. I so, knew it. <laughs> yep, here I am. He's like, sorry, I, I thought it was funny, Daniel but I realized that might be a little too close to home. boy. <laughs> Anyways. That's pretty good, Clark. That's, I'm impressed. It's pretty good. Clark, you're getting a good, shout out. Good scan. Mm-hmm. I love that Captain Picard is his drama coach. I love that. It I, seemed more like he was discovered than being coached. Like it was his secret shame. Dad, you gotta knock before you come in. <laughs> That's what teenagers do in the 24th century is reenact Shakespeare in the holodeck. That's all that's used for. <laughs> I mean, I would 1,000% reenact Shakespeare as a holodeck pornography. Can you <laughs> imagine? Oh. Midsummer Night's Wet Dream. I'm sorry, you said your name was Puck. Oh, I misheard that. <laughs> but I didn't mishear your name, Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. That was that was solid. Been waiting 26 years to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Bottom, but who are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> A Secret Weapon Production.